Welcome to the RV Travel Podcast. I'm Scott Linden, your host. Thanks for joining me. However you're listening on the RVTravel.com website, on one of your podcast apps, or um, maybe just through mental telepathy. Great show in store for you. We're going to dig deep, find the dirt, expose all the crazy, wacky ways that RV dealers try to take advantage of you. Yeah, the confessions of another RV dealer who's willing to spill should be an interesting discussion to say the least. But before we get into that, let's just take a moment and realize, wow, what an exciting time to be an RVer. Start of the peak season, challenges sure, but the sun is shining more often and adventure beckons. Speaking of shining sun, the geeks on tour will also take us to school on shooting better cell phone pictures. Seems like that's always a topic for improvement around this house. I'll never forget the days when <laughs> when we actually had to use film. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's not go down that path. We'll be here all day. Anyway, the RV Travel Podcast is here to help, uh, whether it's cautions and warnings about how some RV dealers are trying to wring every last dollar out of you or finding places to camp in these crazy times. It's all coming up. We're going to talk a lot about that first topic, but before we do, let me remind you that the RV Travel Podcast is brought to you in part by Clear2O.com. You've seen the inline green water filters. Yeah, different color for a lot of good reasons, including the superiority of the solid carbon block filter inside it. But as we are learning from our interviews here and from my own personal use, there's also the Dirt Guard sediment pre-filter. Now, if you live or travel to places that uh, use, for example, well water or questionable, quote, city water, unquote, you want to get all the big chunks out before it goes through your inline water filter. That's where the dirt guard comes in. It's a perfect combination. You put them both in line right there on the hose, right at the hose bib. Take out all the big chunks, then your clear 2.0 inline solid carbon block filter actually is able to last a lot longer Stock up for the RV season, free shipping for orders over $100. That's in the U.S., contiguous U.S., the lower 48. Go read all the five-star reviews at clear2o.com. Well, I've been so looking forward to this for a long time. Well, ever since I started shopping for RVs way back in the day. No, they were not horse-drawn back then. But the technology has changed a lot, and so have the tactics and strategies for shopping and buying and being sold an RV. That's why I thought it would be fun to talk to Kevin Fraser. He's the founder of Cheyenne Camping Center in Davenport, Iowa. Kevin, welcome to the uh, RV Travel Podcast. Thank you, Scott. Glad to be here. We have enjoyed the heck out of our discussion off mic, and here we are on the record now. So, you know, you've been around for a while. Tell us a little bit about Cheyenne Camping Center, where you are and what you do over there. Okay, we started in Iowa on Cheyenne Avenue, 
in 66, 55 years ago. At that time, I had two other, three other partners, all of whom are still dead. And then in the 70s and in the 80s, my two much younger brothers bought in, and now we're in business together with 60 employees on Interstate 80 in Walcott, Iowa, which abuts Davenport at mile marker 284 across the street from the world's largest truck stop. So a lot of your listeners have driven white bias. I sure have, and I remember the world's largest truck stop. Um, that's not your only claim to fame, though. You, um, you have uh, some very strong feelings about how we buy and how RVs are sold. In fact, so much so that you um, put together a YouTube video about it, and that might be a good jumping off point there because what I'm trying to do is what everybody I think is trying to do when we shop for a new RV, there's an element of trust that, well, to be blunt, is is lacking quite often uh, between the two parties. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you got onto this whole, I guess I'll call it philosophy. Well, we've been in the business for 55 years, and it's a tough business to begin with. We're in business to make a living. 20-some years ago, we noticed that chains started to develop. Camping World's not the only one. They're just the biggest one and the most aggressive and the first in line to develop tactics that have become ubiquitous. What we noticed was that all the family-owned RV dealerships were being purchased by Camping World and the other chains so that they could go into the public domain for financing. That is, always the purpose is to build up a monopoly share, monopoly-style pricing, that they can sell to the Wall Street gurus so that instead of making a living, they can sell a billion dollars worth of stock and make a killing. And that means that their customers don't mean much to them except as a stepping stone to the big dollars from the stock market. Uh, their managers became upset with the fact that we were selling stuff for less than they did, so they inaugurated a plan, uh, well-funded, albeit with other people's money, to put us out of business. So I had to create a, a video that explained that we weren't like them because they were telling everybody, no, no, you don't want to shop Cheyenne. Their prices are a fake. They're really just like us, and everybody's just like us. We're all the same. That's not true. There still are decent dealers in the RV selling business that actually service their goods and take care of their clients. It's just that if they're it's part of a chain, you can't believe that. You know, people always say to me, well, how do I know if I'm dealing with a square dealer or not? You have to rely on your sixth sense because they will meddle with reviews and such. Your sixth sense, every animal has the sixth sense. The more complex the animal, the more highly developed it is because every animal deceives. And being complex, I think we're complex, our deceptions are most advanced. You've got to let your heart and your head tell you whether the guy across the desk or sitting at the table in the RV with you or communicating with you by telephone is telling you the truth. And 85% of the time, if you don't succumb to the hate and fear that's used to disable your sixth, your sixth sense, you'll figure it out. I can wholeheartedly recommend to your listeners that they don't even try to buy an RV from one of the big chains because the experience will be unpleasant. But if they find that that's the avenue they wish to, wish to pursue, let their sixth sense guide them. 
Okay, well, we'll get to that and deeper into it as well. But let's get some more practical things under our belt first, because there are people out there who they need to buy a new RV or they need to buy a pre-owned RV from a dealer. All right, so we're talking about working with a dealer of one sort or another and an individual salesperson or a sales team, and we all understand how that all works. So let's let's get to the to the very beginning of this process. What is what is the advice you would give somebody who is shopping for their second or third RV? How should they start the process, and what should they look for early on? Second or third RV is an experienced RVer. They're already home for the holidays. Mm-hmm. They're going to know by talking to their friends and direct experience whether a dealer is square. They're also going to know from their own experience who is uh, or what manufacturers making the best products. I'm very biased on that. I think that Warren Buffett's making the best stuff, and there have been some real quality issues on RVs, in the, especially in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. But you're going to know as a third-time buyer, you're going to know most of that. They prey mostly on the first-time buyer, and the first-time buyers should do their research online first. And by online research, you're talking about uh, quality control, um, uh, what I'll call uh, longevity, if you will. Uh, the car guys have a term for, um, for uh, initial satisfaction. Can we find all that somewhere? Is there, a, is there a clearinghouse for that kind of information? Uh, it's not like cars, but of course cars, everybody wants to compete, compare the RV industry to automobiles, but it is not the same. Mm-hmm. No, you have, to, you have to rely upon essentially videos and reviews, and that, that, will, that will get you down the path. And you can go to the, the sites. There's a guy named Woodbury who has RV travel. Their site is pretty much bereft of BS. I've, so I've heard about those site. guys. Yeah, he's, he's not a bad guy. RV Travel has kept their site pretty clean. There's no, there's no harsh talk. There's no, it's all right. But so we're looking for reviews from from real human beings who might know a little bit about it. What about when we are ready to actually pull the trigger on a a, a particular type or maybe even a specific model? At some point, okay. we got to go either to a dealer or to an online site or something like that, don't we? Yeah, you're going to end up at a dealer because that's the way the industry is organized. Yeah, yeah. Once you've made the decision that you wish to own a particular unit, and i got to tell your your listeners that this year, the summer of 2021, is the worst I've seen as a seller's market. The seller's got all the cards because there's a shortage of goods brought about by the multiple shutdowns of industry. It's not that the demand has gone crazy. It's that the supply has been constrained by production, yeah. kinks in the production line. Mm-hmm. So this is a tough time. First first bit of advice to your customer, look at uh, your, your listener. If you don't have to buy an RV this year, don't do it. Put it off for a whole year. Wait until things settle down. The counter argument to that is your daughter's only going to be nine and a half once. Yeah. So, it, 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 But be careful. For heaven's sakes, be careful. On the used side, Holy smokes, they're absolutely crazy. Try to buy one on the auction sites like eBay Motors or even on the, uh, a Facebook Marketplace. But I would be very, very leery of buying a used one. Um, the, 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 the characters that pr- 
print the guidebook for values at NADA. It's not NADA anymore. They sold it to another group. Mm-hmm. They've exaggerated even the book value, so you can't trust a book value. If, if you don't have to buy one this year, put it off for a year. That's the best advice I can give. Okay, and just for the record, by the way, you're listening to the RV Travel Podcast. I'm Scott Linden. That's Kevin Fraser with Cheyenne Camping Center. He's telling uh, he's the dealer, and he's telling you not to buy an RV this year. But uh, but I understand all the reasons for that, and in fact, it may be almost a moot point. The last headline I saw was RV Industry says they've got a year's sales already booked, and they don't have the materials yet to build the dang things. So. Let's just say we got to have one for whatever reason. It's, we just got to have one. Ours went up in flames. Uh, it, this is when we're pulling the trigger on an early retirement. Whatever it is, we got to get there. We got to go to the dealer. We got to start the process. Uh, what, are the, what are the things you would arm us with in the way of background information or cautionary tales that are going to help us, Kevin, be uh, an informed, semi-skeptical consumer of RVs? The first recommendation that I got to give your listeners is get your own financing. Mm-hmm. If you go into a dealer and you say, I would like you to arrange the financing for me, suddenly there's all kinds of shenanigans that can be hidden in a payment that can't be hidden in a sale price. Demand that they give you a sale price. And it's not, cars right now are selling for MSRP, but the margins on cars are small. The margins on RVs are like you get on antique jewelry, they're, they're outrageous. Never pay MSRP. Look for a 30% discount from MSRP, in fact. And do your own financing. Do it ahead of time. If the dealer says, I can get you a really good rate on financing, let them run it. Let them give you a quotation, years, and rate, and then compare it to your hometown, your, your, your lender, which can be a bank or a credit union, and credit unions are great. When the whole world goes to hell like it did in 2008, the credit unions were standing there to take care of their members. Yes. So that's my best recommendation. Don't let the dealer arrange the financing. If the dealer says they can do a good job with that, make them prove it. Oh, and add-ons. Oh, God. Don't buy any what they call extended warranties, which are nothing but a mechanical insurance policy. You can buy them cheap enough to give you peace of mind. On a typical RV, it should cost less than a thousand bucks. If that RV's less than fifty thousand, mm-hmm. but I see Camping World selling that coverage for three thousand, four thousand dollars, and it's folded into the payment, so it only made the payment go up six bucks. People don't notice that stuff, but the notes for twenty years, six yeah, bucks. Just, yeah, don't buy the add-ons. Yeah. You get your own finance. Yeah. How about the you know tactical side of things? We're we're driving, we're pulling into the driveway of the, of the dealer's lot. Um, somebody's going to probably come rushing out to help us tour the lot. I mean, how do we, what kind of an attitude do we need to have? Oh, oh a well-armored attitude. We call, we, we call the customers that know exactly what they want and what they're doing, spiral notebook commandos. Uh-huh. So what you want to do is all your online research, make your notes, and you don't want somebody hovering over you. You mm. want to know what you want so that they can't tell you what you want because they'll tell you what you want. They'll tell you the thing they can make the most money on. That's what they'll tell you you want. Well, you know, my other life is in the bird dog world, and, and it's it's like if you're if you're ready to buy a new bird dog puppy, don't go look at puppies. 
Yeah, you, you introduce yourself to parents. Order one to be built, right? Yeah, yeah. So we don't want to be on the lot just uh, being trundled from uh, unit to unit, being dazzled and uh, and bewitched by things that we don't want. You're saying go fully armed with your list of requirements. Um, and a review of features, benefits, and what the goods look like by going online and looking at photos mm -hmm. and searching what people have to say about that particular brand. They may have had unfortunate experiences. If you see, if you see a negative review on a brand that you think is probably okay, be sure and read the other reviews. Because in my experience, we put out a lot of fires here. My service department is always fixing stuff we didn't sell. It, brands that get bad reviews, it's very often because the unit wasn't properly prepped by the dealer and then wasn't properly taken care of by the dealer. Now, by the time they get to us, people are you know really pissed off, but we usually get it sorted out. You know, you bring up a good point, and I'm I'm a living example of that. Uh, we we drove a long way to pick up ours, and when we got there, it was supposed to have been prepared. I think you call it a PDI, pre-delivery inspection. Um, it, yeah, it we was it was done, but it wasn't done well. And and sure enough, uh, it was eight hours before we were actually able to pull that thing out of the lot and go camping. Um, how do we how do we ensure? that that PDI, pre-delivery inspection, is done and done right. When you picked up your RV, did a technician give you an orientation where he showed you how everything worked? Did, did that happen? Uh, did it, a technician take you through that it, RV and show you how everything worked? You know, interestingly, first off, let's, let's parse that. First, technician and everything. Uh, those are both loaded words. And sure enough, that's when we figured it out. Um, we were assured that it had happened. But anyway, uh, in general, you're saying a tech rather than a sales guy, aren't you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The here we try to make it the tech that prepped it, the guy, the yeah. guy that we do two preps here, a preliminary before it's sold and then a post. And the guy that, that actually was the lead tech on the prep for the owner Mm -hmm. He's the one that should show you how to work everything. Now, when things get crazy, hairy, busy, the guy's got to trade off a little bit, but it's always the senior guys, uh, the prep coaches that do the orientation with the client. And that always takes an hour and a half, even for people like you, even for people like you that have had multiple RVs. And sometimes an orientation can take three, four hours. Yeah, I got a pet peeve. Why doesn't anybody furnish you with an owner's manual anymore? Yeah, well, they went online. Forest yeah. River is all online, so you can drop it as a, a PDF onto your phone. Yeah. But myself, I, I'm as peeved as you are. But we do, in our case, we bundle up all the equipment brochures and put them in a black valise for the customer to keep in a central location. Yeah. But mostly, we encourage you, you got a problem, you call my, my service desk. Most problems can be resolved by telling you where a reset button is or UPS yeah. out to you, something you can plug in. Yeah, but if remote service is required, I always ask my customers, please call our guys to arrange it, so you don't end up with, well, with a bad store. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, so we've got our uh, pre-delivery inspection taken care of. We walked it through. We know where everything is, and we know how to work everything. Um, let's back 
up a few steps to the actual shopping slash buying process. Uh, we've identified a unit. We want it. Um, how do we start the negotiations? Okay, I don't. I don't do that anymore. We're a one price shop. Yeah, and I would. I, this is this. I remember the old days when you had. A, we did because everybody did this way. You hung a price on it, but that was pre-internet. Yeah, you hung a price on it. And somebody came in and you haggled. I never liked that. There's a problem with that process because that process means that one customer gets a better deal than another customer. And they discussed that at, at they discussed that at the campfire, and yeah. then pretty soon we'd get a call that that uh, Mr. Jackson he paid ten bucks less than I did. So well, how are you going to make that right? No, no, one price shop is the only way to go. Car guys are doing that now too. One price shop is the only way to go. So yeah. I would recommend to your listeners that they get the price, preferably you can do it in writing with an email. Sure. Before you visit the store. Oh, I did, I did. I did something right. Okay, good. So uh, my problem is I I don't buy most of mine. I am lent them for a year or two by people who like to see them on my TV show. But but when I do buy one, at least I'm on the right track there. What are are there any other questions we should ask? Let's say you know we've we've sent an email to the guy or we're on the lot and we're asking that person, guy or gal. All right, is that your best price? Yes, it is. What else do we need to ask at that point? You don't. You've already done your research. You right know on. that that's the one you want. Okay. Yeah. Now, if if you want to see the tricks that are used in the trade, have your uh, can I tell your viewers to go look at my 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 YouTube video? Yes, and it's on YouTube. That's all they got to do. Yeah. It, it, and it it it's lengthy, but it does detail the tricks that will be used to try to extract monopoly sized profits from the individual one after another what are some of now, those you know you need tire protection and paint protection don't you mm. and you know you need fabric protection and 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 good heavens you're going to leave here without an on service on road service policy none of these things are worth the paper they're written on they're silly just say no to everything oh financing yes we can get you a really good rate on financing and then the rate that they propose to you isn't the rate that's on the piece of paper when you show up to pick up the RV. Oh, so what happened there? Well, you know, there was something in your – get your own damn credit. And if they quote you a, a, a rate and a term, you stick to it. There's, there's been some really scary stories recently. I don't. You heard about the one out in Utah. I think I did, actually. But why don't you just uh, put the fear of God into our listeners here? TV station made the, the, the video. They had five examples. People had bought luxury stuff. I stopped selling motorhomes some years ago, except for the little ones, but that's another story. Mm-hmm. But they were selling motorhomes at the Utah store, and the people were, were buying them, and I actually competed with that in those days. And, and they, would, they would be told that you're buying this motorhome for this $100,000 price, and if you make a $1,000 payment a month for 120 months, this motorhome will be yours. But the paperwork had been Oh, yes. 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 So that the owner never saw this clause, but the lender had the clause. You make your $121,000 payments, and then on the 10th anniversary, there was a balloon payment of 90000 that the buyer didn't know about. 
That's kind of scary. And and how how would we that, avoid that's that? That's flat out fraud. That's yeah. flat out fraud. So yeah, that one. Yeah. Since you since they were defrauded, how do you do that? Well, I I guess that you already got a you got a competing you got a competing bid for financing from your credit union or your bank, and the numbers didn't jive. My personal experience with this is I would have a Mercedes-based motorhome sold to somebody where there was a store, and then I would be called a courtesy call saying, Kevin, I've decided to go with the store because they got me a much, much better financing deal. And I would say, how's that possible? Well, I said, what's the payment going to be? I said, well, that, that payment would indicate a 25-year payoff. And they said, I mean, nope, I got the paper right in front of me. It says it's all paid off in 10 years and it's mine. It was, it was mathematically impossible, but people went for it because it was too good. Well, it turned out it was too good to be true. Well, get your competing bid from your bank so that you know about where the payment should be. And go with your bank if there's anything that smells bad. There you go. You know, we could talk, and we will, because we're just getting warmed up here. But we're going to have to uh, call it a day for now. Kevin Fraser is the founder of Cheyenne Camping Center in Walcott. That's near Davenport, Iowa. Learn more about his operation at CheyenneCampingCenter.com. Kevin, I'm enlightened and intrigued, so we will carry on at some point in the near future. Thanks for being a part of the RV Travel Podcast. Been fun. Woo. Just getting warmed up there. Lots more to talk about in that regard. But first, let me remind you that if you are, well, no matter where you are in the industry, just a consumer, somebody who's working on them or just curious, let me tell you about a free service of RVTravel.com. It's called... And here's where you go for it, rvtravel.com slash who makes what. It's a free 73-page report on every U.S. RV manufacturer and all the makes and models that they build. Yeah, if you're curious or if you're more serious than curious, it's a great reference. It's updated. It's brand new. Just click and it's there for you. Free. rvtravel.com who makes what. Wow. Uh, Well, that is a lot to chew on, let alone to swallow and digest. But uh, hopefully Kevin has helped all of us become better RV consumers. We'll be bringing you more of that kind of insider information as we get going around here. And uh, in the meanwhile, if you have any questions or if you have any suggestions, go to the rvtravel.com slash podcast page and drop me a note. Uh, on any subject, uh, controversial or otherwise, love to hear from you. Maybe you have a suggestion about somewhere to go. Whatever it is, rvtravel.com slash podcasts, or just go to the top of the page. You can't miss it. It says podcast right there. Just click on it. Soft Art RV is a game changer. Let me just put it that way. I've got one. You should too. Learn more at softstartrv.com slash stay cool. It can run two air conditioners with two soft start RVs on a 30 amp hookup. Yeah, there are times in Arizona when I wish I had that back in the day. You can one run run one air conditioner on a small portable generator. And right now, special offer, normal price 329, save 30 bucks, pay 299. Of course, 
a risk-free 90-day money-back guarantee, free shipping in the U.S. and Canada. Take a look at all the testimonials at softstartrv.com slash stay cool. And speaking of the podcast, uh, you know, we got an insider newsletter. You get a heads up on what we're going to be talking about every week. And you get a chance through a special link to listen to the podcast two days before everybody else does. If you're that special, and I know you are, just sign up, go to rvtravel.com slash subscribe, and then check the box that says podcast insider. You're also entered to win a soft start RV. Speaking of which, you'll get exclusive offers and giveaways. It's all at rvtravel.com slash subscribe. So excited to have them with us this week. The Geeks on Tour. No, oh, I know that sounds a little funny, but they know of what they speak. All things technology. And we can't get away without it anymore, I'll tell you. You know, uh, that's the whole point of this whole podcast. And uh, Jim and Chris Gould are going to help us through a few things in that regard. Jim and Chris, welcome to the RV Travel Podcast. Well, thanks, Scott. We're glad to be here. And Chris, are you still with us there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. Good. All right. <laughs> I want to make sure, you know, I don't want to be the cause of any... Uh, strife I've, uh, I've been accused of interrupting so uh, i'm trying not to do that <laughs> well we all appreciate that although uh, w when there's something important then you just feel free to walk all over us so uh, no problem so uh, you know back in the day geeks was a derogatory term it's no longer we 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 can't live without uh technology geeks so um I'd, I'd love a little bit of backstory on the both of you. How did you get into this world, and then what is your world these days? Uh, Chris, you want to kick that off? All right. Well, both Jim and I have been in the technology training and support industry since the early 80s. I had a computer training center here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, but we sold that and bought an RV and sold our house as well. That was back in 2003. And with no visible means of support, we took off on the road. And we discovered that people traveling in RVs use computers too and wanted to learn things about them. We did change our topics a bit when we had a stick and brick computer training center we taught business applications like Excel and WordPerfect and accounting programs. Once we were on the road, we said, no, 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 no. We use technology for fun stuff like taking photos and making maps and planning trips. So that's what we do now. You know, I, I, I'm smiling. You can't see that unless you have stereo speakers, by the way. But uh, because uh, I followed... Uh, a similar metamorphosis with a good friend back in the same time period here in central Oregon. So more power to you and glad to hear about it. Jim, what's your background and how does this all fit in with you? Well, that's uh, pretty much the same deal. I've worked for a company that built and sold 
computers to small businesses. So back in the 90s, late 80s, Chris was a customer. So I would go by there and and do work, networking stuff. She needed a network administrator. She wanted to grow her business. So I decided that it would be a good thing. And then we got together and actually I, we started going out before I worked for her. So it it was interesting. And then when she yeah, sold the business, we thought we would do something different. Uh, we did. We went on the road. We went full-time RVing. And I was working for a company that set up Wi-Fi in RV parks, doing tech support, not so much hardware, but helping with uh, people who wanted to get connected to Wi-Fi at RV parks. And that never worked really well, but but I had a pretty good time doing it. You know, just to interject, by the way, it still doesn't work very well in some places. I don't care who installed it. Uh, and that that's that might be a subject for an, another uh, RV travel podcast now that I think about it. But absolutely. Uh, right now, you two are preparing. Uh, you're probably already prepared for, for some seminars uh, coming up on your agenda. Where are you going to be for those? Uh, yeah, well, we are... We were full-time RVers for 14 years, but we have a townhouse now in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and we downsized from a big rig to a small camper van. And with that, we still go to the rallies. We will be at the FMCA rally in Gillette, Wyoming on July 7, and then at the Escapees Escapade in Rock Springs, Wyoming uh, later in July. Two of my favorite cities, so we're going from, mainly because I drive through them on the way to Florida. somewhere else. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, going to work. Yeah. Well, somebody's got to pay the bills out there. So um, today, one of the seminar topics you're going to be pre pre presenting there is about smartphone photography. And boy, oh boy, can we all use some help with that, especially these days. You know, I see the headlines. I haven't dared dig into it yet, but let's jump in with the most timely aspect of all of that. And it is, uh, it is basically the, um, let's hold it right there for a second. I think we lost Chris. We're off again. So you, you've got seminars coming up in Wyoming, two of my favorite cities, because I'm always driving through them on the way to somewhere fun. One of the topics is smartphone photography, and it is a loaded, loaded topic for all sorts of reasons. One of them, recently Google announced that they're going to be changing some aspect of Google Photos, which they forced all of us to take advantage of, I'm asking. So let's start with that and then jump into the whole idea of, of making better pictures on our smartphones. Uh, Chris, what's the story on Google there? Well, for the last five years, Google Photos has provided unlimited storage of your, unlimited cloud storage at no charge. And I think there's no such thing as a free lunch. And they finally said, hey, we're storing way too many photos to not charge something for it. So starting on June 1, 
any newly uploaded photos will count against your 15 gigabytes of free storage that they still that they do give you. And it's beyond that, it's two dollars a month for a hundred gigabytes. I still think that's fairly reasonable. But the good, the really good part is that all of those photos that you uploaded in what is called high quality, which is a slightly compressed before June one, are still free. So I have I have probably three hundred gigabytes of photos and videos stored in my Google Photos account for free, and they continue to be free. So well, that, they're they're just catching up with everybody else. Everybody else charges. Yeah, they they're they're taking advantage of the fact that we're too lazy to move that stuff somewhere else. I'm afraid. Jim, well, I certainly would not want to move 300 gigabytes that is stored for free to some place that charges me <laughs> for hundreds of gigabytes. Well, so, there, there you go. So yeah. everybody, uh, watch out for that. That's some good news on on that on that account at least. Jim, let's just jump right yeah. in. What are the bigger things that people are concerned with, or that you think are important when it comes to simply using our smartphone as a camera? Uh, these smartphones are just wonderful these days because the cameras on them are so good because the phone itself is a computer and they're putting better lenses and better sensors on these things. So te technically speaking, they, they are wonderful tools for taking photos. And the other wonderful thing about them is they're connected devices. So they can immediately transfer the pictures that you take to the cloud or to another device. It's, it's just wonderful technology, and it's getting better and better. They keep putting more lenses on these cameras and telephotos and wide angles, and, and the quality is just, just superb. You'd really need a much more expensive real camera to take a better picture well just speaking of taking better pictures we all want to do that so um chris top line what are the things that we should do differently when we use our camera to chronicle that next rv trip okay uh, number one clean the lens people don't think of that with a smartphone professional photographers with real cameras always are constantly cleaning the lens before they take a photo and we don't do that with our phones it takes a much better picture if you clean the lens and then there's there's just all the settings that you should be aware of for example most high-end phones these days have a setting for motion photos on iPhone it's called live photos and I have so many people ask me, why does the picture move when I touch it? What, what, where does that come from? <laughs> you know, that, 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 that they don't know why it did it, how to make it stop or start, and then what good is it? And one of the things that it's really good for is it takes like three seconds of video along with a still shot, and if you know how, you can find just the right frame of those three seconds of video. So for example, if you take a picture of a group of five people and the st 
still shot comes up with three of them with their eyes closed, you can scan through the three seconds of video and find one frame where everybody's eyes are open. Oh, I love it. You know, I'm going to have to learn how to use that part of it. Uh, but uh, the other part is, is just intriguing to me. I'm, I'm also in the television business and, and my, my camera operators are constantly whipping out a chamois cloth or something like that to clean the lenses on, on their uh, HD cameras. What should we be using to clean that lens? Anything is fine. Yeah. It's not the lens on your phone is actually covered with a little piece of glass, you know, so you're not you're not touching sensitive, you know, photosensitive glass. Oh good. You, we do I just use a T shirt, you know. <laughs> I mean if, if you if you have a microfiber class and that that's one thing that we often hand out in our classes is these little microfiber cloths and and that's great but it's not required. Uh, that's good to know. I, uh, I'm like you, you know, back in the day when I first started wearing reading glasses, I asked a fellow tuba player, well, how do you clean your glasses? And he said, spit. <laughs> <laughs> so the old, the old school stuff still works. Jim, what is the biggest, uh, what is the biggest mistake we make when we're taking photographs with our smartphone? Oh, the biggest mistake we make is probably not framing our photo properly. Uh, but it's so easy to take multiple pictures. It's it's easy to do it quickly. <laughs> but it's better to get a good picture you want to be holding still. And we say hold the phone as you would a camera, which typically is in the horizontal position. So many times you see people taking shots and they're holding their phone like a phone in the vertical or portrait mode. But if you are viewing that photo after it's taken on a wide screen, typically on your, on your computer, or maybe even on a picture frame, it looks so much better because it fills the frame if you hold the phone like a camera. And then you can also use the, the volume buttons as shutter buttons. So it's just like taking a, a regular camera. It's, it, it, for a lot of people, it's better. Yeah, you know, it's you're absolutely right. And I've done it shooting video and still images on my phone. Uh, I don't know where, what other stuff I can do to press the shutter. Uh, and you just clued me into one. The volume button is also one. So I don't have to have three hands to actually take a picture, do I? No. Another thing that you can use is the, the shutter release or the volume button that is on your earbuds, perhaps. Or if you have an Apple phone and an Apple watch, you can use your Apple watch to trigger the shutter. And you can also see through the lens on your Apple watch. It's pretty amazing. That's kind of scary. Next, it'll be a chip in my forehead. So Chris, <laughs> if, if, if you were going to make a shot better after it was taken, uh, is there something magic we can do with our phone that will enhance it in some way that makes it, you know, better for sharing, for example? So much, but almost every photo can be improved with just two things, a crop and an auto lighting correction. 
and with Google Photos or any smartphone photo app, they are that is just so easy, easy to do. So crop it to get closer to the subject or to reframe. And then you just tap the little button that says auto and it usually brightens it up and makes the colors better. But then we also we love teaching an app called Snapseed, which is a free app on phones, both Android and iOS. And when people look at our photos that have been improved using Snapseed, those are the ones that they go, wow, over. <laughs> I love it. Because it, it, it has great features just for beautifying photos. And, and just for the record, everybody, and, and no, no offense intended, but cropping means trimming usually the edges of a photo so that whatever the subject it is, is, is where you want it instead of far to the left or way to the top or whatever. Unlike my mother who used to take the Christmas photo and cut off the top of my head every year. <laughs> yeah. True that. Well, yeah. well, we'll never cover everything that you want to cover in your seminars in Wyoming in July. But if there was one thing you wanted to leave us with before we uh, said goodbye and happy travels, Jim, what would you suggest we do that we are um, that that maybe we're we don't even know about yet with our smartphone? Well, there are so many resources now and the the club and the the resources that are at RV travel are are just wonderful you can learn so much take it easy don't try and learn it all at once but take a piece of it at a time because for navigation for photography for communications and just for playing and fun the smartphone is a wonderful tool you know, and I'm just going to tell you, uh, another wonderful tool are all of the online, the digital channels that you have out there. Geeksontour.com is full of stuff from uh, videos to classes, tutorials, a book on Picasso, by the way, thank you very much. I'm still using it and probably always will. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but, but, you know, I'm stuck in a rut. Share it from your... <laughs> But uh, yeah, and, and theoretically, I'm a magazine writer professional, you know, but there is so much there. Geeksontour.com. There's also a YouTube channel. Just uh, look, look them up in the same way. Geeks on Tour. Um, and then if you're getting to any of those FM, uh, FMCA and what else? Escapees. Is that the other one you're going to in July? Yeah. 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 Get to and the those. Escapees has a special. We are doing a two-day hands-on smartphone photography and photo editing class at the Escapades. So that's something that people learn a lot. Oh, I, I can imagine. And all of that ends up giving you better memories and uh, more fun out in the field and then when you get home as well. So uh, Jim and Chris Gould, so Full of information. Looking forward to talking with you again. Thanks for being a part of the RV Travel Podcast. Our pleasure. All right. Thanks. Ooh, it's going to take a while for me to digest all of that from taking better pictures to uh, being a, I hate to say it this way, but I will, being a more wary RV buyer. 
Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned something. If you did, please tell a friend. You know, that's the fastest and most efficient way for us to grow. And I hope you hope that we will grow as well. Tell a friend. Please leave a rating or a review, especially at Apple Podcasts. And of course, visit the website, rvtravel.com, and take in all 11,000 articles on virtually every topic. It's all at rvtravel.com. I've sure enjoyed your listening. I'm Scott Linden. I'm the host of the show. I hope you will be with us again next week. I'll leave you with this bumper sticker spotted most recently on the Fall River in Central Oregon. It says, if you're lucky enough to be RVing, you're lucky enough. Listen anytime at rvtravel.com. Thanks again. See you on the road.